Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Man, oh man, I'm excited about this word. I'm excited about this word. God's been talking to me. Pull my mic forward. Yes, ma'am. Better? Good. All right, cool. Uh, I'm very, I just so you know, I'm, I don't claim this, but if a doctor was to diagnose, they would say ADHD or ADD. And so I can be preaching, I'll see somebody, I'm like, oh, I missed them. And I'm like, oh, where am I? All right, anyways. Uh, speaking of just the miracle in the back there and Anne, and just, I'm enthralled right now with the amount of miraculous miracles that God has been doing in our house the last few months. I'm telling you, if you're not going to men's and women's prayer, you're missing out because that's where everyone shares about it. We, we set a time aside for God's stories because we want to share what God's doing. And I leave every Tuesday like emotionally exhausted with just the joy and the excitement of the things I've seen and heard. We've seen people getting healed of MS. We've seen people get healing in the back. We've seen cancer get healed. We have seen so many God miracles happening in the house of God. And you know, that's really good. You know why that's good? Because the Bible said that those are the signs that should follow. That's actually what the Bible says uh, is a mark of the gospel being preached, is that you're going to see the signs, wonders, and miracles. And I, I, I love that stuff. I mean, that's, at this point, I pretty much live for that and seeing New people right, step into their callings and gifts, seeing like Parsons come up here and do this main job, seeing Pastor Jenny just bring like the yeah. best offering message I've ever heard in my life. And there's just so much, it's so cool to see people flourishing in the house of God. That's a mark that God's, that God's actually moving in your world. There, there will be a mark of things will begin, the closer things get to God, the more blessed and beautiful they become. And the further things get from God, the more chaotic and destructive they become, right? That's, that's a mark of being, as you move closer to God. Of course, there are processes, and there's sometimes inner healing. There's, there's a process. It doesn't mean every day, all of a sudden, you came to church one time, and everything goes perfect every day. But now you're on this fast track with the Lord where he's using the things to do the thing that he wants to do in your world. Where all of a sudden it used to just be, why is this coming at me? Now you can say, God, if you allowed it through your hedge of protection, maybe it's here to further me. Maybe it's here, maybe this storm is here to, to actually pull me closer to you. The disciples had the best seat in the house for the storm on, on the Sea of Galilee because Jesus was in the boat. See, storms become opportunities to see God move when you have Jesus in the boat, right? And as we've seen all these miracles happen in our church, God's been speaking to me on the point, the point. Because sometimes what can happen is we get so enthralled with the signs, the wonders, and miracles is that we actually can lose, almost become, that becomes the only pursuit. But that was, God said in Mark, in fact, let's go to Mark chapter uh, 16 real quick. Jens, you can start at verse 15. I'm going to read this. This is, this is the end of the book of Mark. So this is Jesus saying, all right, boys, did the cross, 
got the work done, brought salvation to the world. Now, here's what I've been preparing you to do. It says this. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So I, I just find it interesting that he says creature. I'm like, I'm preaching to my doggie, okay? Like, come on. Dogs will be in heaven. Cats, it's still debatable. <laughs> Most theologians don't think so. No, I can't. Sorry, cat people. I don't understand you, but I love you. He who believes and baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Keep going. And these signs, watch this, these signs will follow those who believe. Wait, that's a typo. Isn't it supposed to say these signs will follow the man of God? Isn't it supposed to say these signs will follow just the pastor? Just the preacher? Just the prophet? No. These signs will follow those who believe. And then it just gets fun. In my name, they will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. Hello. Let's go back real quick. Go back. It's a lot of really bad teaching on tongues. I'm going to talk about it a little later, but they will speak with new tongues. Anyways, keep going. They will take up serpents. I don't know why, but if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Thank you, Jesus. One more. Or no, I didn't have one more. There we go. Did I have one more? If you guys can get 19 and 20 ready, I am going to go back to that, of that verse. All right, there it is, 19, here we go. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, set down at the right hand of God, go to verse 20, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word through accompanying signs, through accompanying signs. The reason we are seeing all these miracles is first and foremost because that's God's nature. He loves his kids. Yeah. He loves his kids. He doesn't do it because we've somehow earned it or anything. He loves his kids, and that's what he does. However, when the gospel is being released, the signs will follow. The signs will follow. Does that make sense? So we're seeing that, but I want to make sure as... The title of my message today is City Shifters. City Shifters. You see, God has a big purpose for his church. And it's, it starts at the individual level, but it goes out from this place. And as we get to see God do these mighty miracles and show up in great ways, let's remember that we also are on mission. We're on mission. We were actually sent to be city shifters. I want to... I wanna, um, when you read your Bible and you read Corinthians or Galatians or Ephesians, whatever Paul wrote, he usually addresses himself as Paul, an apostle of Christ. Now, you have to understand, apostle wasn't a religious word. It was not a church word. Apostle was actually a uh, Roman word, and it was a Roman military word. And it meant something. When Paul said that, it hit different. We've, we've grown up around church and, you know, Bible and stuff. So we hear the word apostle, we automatically think of like, you know, one of the disciples and the, the stained glass, you know, posture and all that. And, but, but no, apostle was hitting really different when he wrote this to these cities. Because it, what they understood apostle to mean was when they were conquered by Rome, Rome sent an apostle who was a general who had a whole fleet of people who was there to Romanize the culture. He was meant to shift the very culture in that city so that there wouldn't be a rebellion because they would become Romanized. 
And so when Paul's writing to the first churches saying, hey, I'm the apostle that started this thing, he's, he's laying a foundation like, when I came to plant that church, we were an apostolistic church. I came to give marching orders to shift the culture of a city, to shift the culture of a city. And what I never want to do is lose our potency to recognize that we, the church, the gospel, Jesus Christ, is the truth, and it's meant to actually shift culture towards God. We're a church, that's why we, you know, I'm not looking to just keep growing one auditorium, like we need a bigger building, but we're not going to just do one big building, I'd rather keep this building, and we're going to get another building over there, and we're going to get another building down in Provo, and we're going to get another building, because we, we're raising people up, we're raising up, and we're here to shift culture, not in a harsh, hateful, that's the thing, if you encounter the real Jesus, the love you feel, yeah. the yeah. love you feel when he steps into your world. That's how we're shifting culture. See, I think churches are, have, I don't want to say all churches, but there, there's a tendency to not want to almost in politically correctness apologize for wanting to change the way someone else thinks, wow. the way someone else believes. Wow. But Paul was making it very clear. No, 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 no. I came to conquer you and then turn you into a Jesus lover. Wow. I, I came here to t show you a Jesus lover. Now, here's the cool thing. Unlike Rome, who had a lot of harsh stuff and all that, when Jesus conquers you, you become fully alive. Wow. You become who God made you to be. You, you do things in a way that you were designed to feel blessed. You will be blessed. You will be loved. Your purpose will be ignited. So I'm, yes, I have a territory-taking mindset, but it's with, from love and wanting the best for people. There's no culture, there's no ethnicity, there's no heritage that not having Jesus at the center wasn't intended to be that way, right? And we're not here to Romanize. See, religion changes the way you look on the outside to fit in. But Christianity, but Jesus, but the gospel comes and changes you from the inside out. We're not here to control, manipulate. We're here to expose and show. That's why the signs follow because the gospel was meant to be backed up by power. This story of Jesus dying for your sins, forgiving your sins, paying the price for your sins so you could be in right relationship with a perfect and holy and loving God, that story's real and you're gonna see the signs and wonders follow that truth. And we're seeing it, but remember, remember why we're seeing it. It's this message of the gospel. Yeah. And I mean, we just can't apologize. Church, can I just get on? I am so sick of clickbait, tick, or TED Talk vibing church things wow. right now. Like, I mean, I, I don't mind if they're using Instagram. That's fine. But like, I get it. You got the mic drop. Let's go. Like, I really, I just am in this place. I'm like, man, let's not try to woo the culture wow. with the wisdom of man. Let's show our kingdom culture. Let's show them truth. Let's show them truth. Let's show them that God set things up in a way that they'll be blessed and not cater. We were never meant to cater. Paul the apostle, conquer and make you a Jesus person. Conquer, but it's not me conquering, it's him conquering. It's Jesus conquering. So, and here's the cool thing. 
All this, the bi- right there back in Mark, will follow those who believe. So this is the cool thing. It's not on me. It's not on the worship team. It's not on Pastor Andy, although I probably would put it on him if I needed to. But <laughs> it's not on Pastor Alex Rosanna. It's, it's not on a title. It's on us, those who believe. Those who believe. We are invited to the table to usher in this move of God, this Jesus revolution, this understanding who Jesus is. And so I got three points for this. The title of the message is City Shifters. So the first thing I want to shift is it's time to shift your story. Shift your story. It says go into the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. You know the most powerful thing you have in your arsenal to share Jesus with is your story. That's what Jesus first comes in and does. Once he forgives you of your sins, takes away the shame, guilt, the condemnation, which we all deep down inside feel, we have this question, are we good enough? Right, once he removes all that and you no no longer carry shame attached to your story, that testimony is what the Bible calls it, right? And you can't have a testimony without a test. So it is using the things that came against you and that story is the most pregnant with power thing you have in your arsenal. What has Jesus done in your life? And look, it's a process. I've, Jesus is doing things every day. But I like to share. It's like I'm, writing, I'm sharing the book as I'm writing it, right? Like I, I released a chapter while I'm still writing another chapter. You know, maybe for you, last chapter was, I didn't even know I needed a Savior. And then I felt his love. That might be the whole story right now. Because you might be brand new to church. But that story is pregnant with power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That story is pregnant with power. I remember when I first got saved, uh, right going into high school. You guys have heard the whole story. It was like football, girls, and partying. That's what I wanted to do. And then I, then I met Jesus. I felt his love. And it changed me. And so I, I like doubled down on Christian jewelry and had like 800 WWJD bracelets. <laughs> and I just, I didn't know. I'm like, well, we'll start here. You're going to look at my wrist, and you're going to know I'm into something, right? And, I, and then I just start, like, I didn't know what to do, but I'm like, I just start inviting people on the football team. I'm like, bro, you should come to see those girls. They go to my youth group. Come with me. You know, like, whatever it took. I was just bringing people. I was, I was pumped, and I was just sharing as I went. If God did something for me on Monday, you were going to hear about it on Tuesday. And as, as that happened, this, I didn't know, but it's like this momentum started to happen. You guys remember the movie Remember the Titans? Or... Is it Remember the Titans? Yeah, it is. Uh, you remember the character Rev? Yeah. So the football team started calling me Rev. So I was like Rev Tuggle and uh, <laughs> Reverend Tuggle. And, but, but things started happening and it was like so fast. And then this crazy thing happened. And this is when I realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, this has effect. Uh, a girl in our school, very well loved, very popular, um, got in a car crash and we lost her. And, you know, we have the, like a, a service for her at the whole school. And they asked me to share her faith, because she went to our youth group, wow. with the whole school. Wow. And I, you know, I'm like peeing my pants at this point, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, but, but I just, I'm like in awe, I'm like, what? And it was like, on the day, they're like, hey, we need you to share wow. Janessa's story of her faith wow. at school, with our whole school. Wow. See, God, God, God will begin, if you'll use your story, he'll begin to 
place you in places because that story is important because Jesus loves every one of the people in, that, in, your, in your sphere and he wants them to hear that story. So maybe they'll say, Jesus, if you're real, show me. And he always answers that prayer. He always does. I am blown away. When that prayer gets prayed, Jesus shows up. And he shows up in such a personal way, in such a real way. But what activates someone to ask that question? Your story. Your story. So just a couple points with that, okay? You don't need to be a professional speaker. You don't have to have your master's in divinity or a PhD in hermeneutics or systematic theology or missions theory, okay? You don't need that. You don't need that. I don't mind you studying. I don't mind you deepening your word, but you truthfully don't need that. You can use one Bible verse. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Okay, that's it. Just go Tim Tebow on it. One verse and, <laughs> and just share what he did. This is the other thing that's important. If you feel shame of any part of your story, then the cross hasn't fully infected that place yet. See, people don't want to know your highlight reel. They can go on your Instagram for that. What makes people feel hope is when you look them in the face, you say, man, can I tell you how messed up I was? Can I tell you what, I, what Jesus walked me through? Here's the other thing. Don't be the hero of your story. Because then you got to be that person's hero. Wow. Be, let Jesus be the hero. Be the damsel in distress. Be the, you know, or the manzel in distress. Whatever, like, be the, <laughs> be the person. Be the person that was broken because every one of us come from that place. Your testimony is sharing like the, the nitty gritty, the ugly. And I'm not saying, you know, some stuff's real intense. And you use that when the Holy Spirit tells you they need to hear the full intensity. Or they've been through the same thing. And so now you pull out the stuff that's like, man, it's amazing Jesus got me through this. This was yucky. This was gross. This was evil. This was the devil himself coming after me. This was, you know, that hurt stuff. But you'll be amazed how when the cross has infected that, it doesn't hurt to bring it up anymore. In fact, it makes you feel good. It's like a perpetual reminder. Uh, the last, if you can go on our our app and look up the messages. The last message Pastor Jenny Husserow preached. Yeah. Listen to it. Yeah. Shares her, puts her story out there with zero shame or condemnation. That's the mark of the fact that the transformative power of the gospel has stepped in. And anyone who knows her knows she's a powerhouse. But she's willing to pull that story out in a heartbeat to help a person. So use your story. Be real. Don't speak in Christianese when you share your story. You know, like especially they're like, you know, yeah, and then brother, I was washed in the blood. What? You know, like if you didn't grow up in church, that's weird. <laughs> you know, it's important, but you got to, anyways, just be real. Be real. But don't be so real that you're afraid to talk about Jesus. Some people think, oh, if I just tell them that there's an energy, there's a love. Yes, Jesus has that energy. Yes, he has that love. But like, use the name. Use the name. Use the name. And you know what's cool? If you'll trust, the signs and wonders will follow. I've learned this. I, I actually, I can preach the coolest message on the cross and close the eyes and raise the hands, you know? I can do that. But I've learned it is really never me. It is me inviting them, and then Jesus seems to show up and touch them. I have people come up when they raise their hand and get saved, and they're like, yeah, I knew Jesus was real when you said this. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I didn't say that. 
but the Holy Spirit had you hear that. So that's a bit, and it did sound better than what I said. So thank you, Jesus. You know, we got the vision cards. Write some names on the vision card and pray for them. Jesus like loves me when I pray for people. I don't, he's miraculous. He's miraculous. God is good and he's powerful and he wants to show you. But, but the, the signs will follow. I, that's my challenge to you, church. Share the story of what Jesus has done as far as he's gone this far. And watch. The signs will follow. Come on, can we do that? Amen. Man, I'm doing great on time. Here we go. Oh, I want to do one more scripture here. Uh, they don't have it up here, but 2 Corinthians. This is to affirm you. You don't have to know everything to say right. This is Paul writing, who is a, cha- a trained theologian. He would have had a PhD in theology. Said, and my speech and preaching were not persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power, that your faith should be in the wis- not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If you win them with your TED Talk, super sexy way to present things, then it's like you have to keep them there. But if you win them with the simplicity, the simplicity. Anyways, share your story. Let's go. We want to shift the city. First, we shift our story. And do not let the devil tell you that that part of your story is too much. That part of your story, you're not allowed to talk about. That one makes you look bad. No, I don't care how I look. I care how he looks. All right, number two. Number two, shift your power. Verse 17 of Mark, Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will follow. First time I ever saw the power of God, I was in Haiti on a mission trip. I was a youth pastor. I was leading a team of high schoolers and I was 21. There was zero wisdom in that. <laughs> I still am like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was a child, but anyways. <laughs> but I'm leading this team and it was wild, man. I mean, this was like, we had to drive home on the, in our bus with our heads down uh, because, uh, because the country was being overthrown by a coup. Like, we're on a plane, and the president was also on a plane, right, fleeing the country. And, but it was just wild. But we went to this hospital, and it's a Haitian hospital. You have to understand, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. It's been ravaged of a lot of things. They actually dedicated the island to Satan because of the religious oppression of the Catholic Church They just said, well, what's the opposite of what we were under, the slaves, when they took over? And so there's, in the city, there is a statue of a pig. They sacrificed a pig to Satan over their island. Poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Second most voodoo-written country in the, besides, I forget which one, Africa. So it's dark there. It's dark. We saw things. I saw a witch doctor with a machete uh, come up to a missionary and he had this whole coup and he was basically gonna like throw it off and he had the machete and the missionary said, this is the first power I saw, the missionary said in Jesus' name, stop. And you actually see the witch doctor look like he got hit in the face and get confused and then he comes again and he says in Jesus' name, stop. And it happens again and it happens three times and then the witch doctor just drops the machete and leaves. So we're in this hospital and we go into this room which is, oh, the smell. Just, it was the first time I've smelt death. And this guy is there and he has this tube going in directly into his ribs, like no bandage. Stuff's coming out, gasping for air. And the missionary just told it, looked at all and said, pray for him. And I'm like, 
what? <laughs> I, like, I didn't, I wasn't yet equipped or trained. I didn't know how to operate in the power of God. And so, you know, a bunch of high schoolers and the 21-year-old me, Jesus, help them. Starts to breathe better. We don't, we, we leave. The next day we hear from the missionaries that that guy had left the hospital and he was coming to the compound to visit. And actually what put him in there, he believed, was a voodoo curse because he was active in voodooism and he renounced it. So I just, my mind got blown. I I came home and I'm like, wait a minute, there's power. There's power. So I started reading the book of Acts. I remember when I read about them getting the gift of tongues. Nobody had prayed for me. I just said, Jesus, I'd like that because it says that in your word. Next day at worship, begin to have a prayer language, speak in tongues. It just, it just happened. I didn't know what to do. I thought I was, honestly, I thought I was like having a problem because my tongue was moving in my mouth. We are called to have the power power and you say well I don't know how to do that yet I'm telling you we've got we've got all the setup for you we've got our DNA course which helps you define your identity gets you plugged in we've got men's and women's prayer where we'll pray for you right there in fact on our altar team if you want to get prayer for the gift of tongues Paul said that you should pray in tongues or he prays in tongues more than all of us so there's two anyways I'm not going to get into theology but there's a prayer language and that edifies you Pastor Jurgen says, if you want to change the world, pray in tongues for 15 minutes every day. And he's actually done that since Bible college. There's power. Power. Learn how to pray. That's why we do our prayer meetings. Read your word. See, the word, the logos, which is the written word, when the Holy Spirit comes on it in your life, it becomes what's called rhema word. Rhema word has power. Rhema word is when you can walk on water. Rhema word is when Peter said, if that's you, Jesus, call me out. And Jesus released the word, come. He wasn't walking on the water. He was walking on the word. That's good. That's really good preaching. All right, last one here. We're here to shift, shift your culture. Shift your culture. Look, you don't have to have everything figured out right now. But as Jesus begins to show you through his word what he wants you to do in your life, how he wants you to live, what preferences you should have, what things you should not have in your world, what things you should have in your world, begin to apply those things and you'll begin to see as your internal culture shifts, people around you are gonna notice People around you are going to see, hey, why, why, why are you smiling so much now? Why, why do you have joy? Why are you, why are you happy? Yeah. Why don't you complain as much as we all used to? Why aren't you hitting the bar as hard as you used to? Why, why, why do things look different? And that what God intends us to do, so this last point with our, with our, with our church, with our, with our life is that in the Great Commission, in the book of Matthew, Matthew 28, verse 18, he says this, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. There go forth and make disciples. See, we're a discipleship church. 
You're never going to see us hire somebody from outside based off of their credentials that they had at some Bible college or another ministry. It's not how we do it. That's not how we do it. We raise from within. The future campus pastors, the future worship leaders, they're going to come from within the house because we raise people up. But how do we do that? We disciple. And I'm telling you, when you can get this revelation around discipleship, it'll transform you. In the business world, it would be called getting like a personal coach. But you actually pay someone to begin to critique how you're doing something, which I'm, I'm all for. That's a, great, that's a great practice. But imagine if as Christians, we could come into the house of God and find people with fruit we want in our life. And instead of being defensive or try to act like we have it all together, we actually craved, we actually wanted constructive feedback. You know, it's impossible to get offended in church if you actually want growth through other people. It's impossible. It really is. Now, there's all kinds of different people in church. There might be a few people who weren't actually asked to disciple you that might try to disciple you. But you can learn from that. Mainly learn. I checked the fruit. I'm going to go over here, you know? But then there's people that you see and you say, and, and this is in every sphere. You see a Christian business person in Pathfinders and they have fruit you want. They have joy you want. It's saying, coming alongside and saying, you know, I would love that feedback. And you know, it's, it's don't be the person who takes, like, hey, can you, can I take your time? Just find out what they're doing and get involved with them. You know what I mean? Like, like if, if somebody on a team, if you see somebody on the high team, like Hillary, who's awesome and super sweet, and you're like, I want to, and you're like, I kind of struggle with people skills, so maybe, maybe I could join the high team and watch how Hillary is saying hi to people and, and how she's friendly, and I can learn by, by being around, and then if she sees me not be super friendly, she can kind of, she knows that she can come to me and be like, hey, that's kind of awkward, don't do that, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> Do you, do you feel what I'm saying? It's like, get involved with the machine that God is moving. Get on mission, and he has a mission for you. You want to do life with great people, start running the pace in the place they're going. Right? And you're like, well, I'm not as good as them. We will always make room if you want to run with us. Right? And, and you will see. It'll begin to happen. And then pretty soon, the cycle repeats. You're like, you know what? I see that other person. And here's the deal. True discipleship is good when it's from love. Yeah, come on. If, I, if, if Pastor Andy had a piece of spinach in his teeth and we're out to dinner with a big group and I see it, I'm just like, dang, that's a lot. Of, that's, that's nasty. You know, it's a whole salad. And I just keep looking at it. And I'm like praying, God, I hope no one else sees that spinach. Is that love? No, if I love him, I'll be like, bro, you got a salad in your mouth. <laughs> you know? It's the same thing with discipleship. If somebody who's a trusted leader who has fruit comes up to you, they don't want you to fall down a pit hole they probably fell down before. Right? Most of the time I'm meeting with people, I'm actually, and it's out of love. The reason I recognize the problem is like, I did that and it actually hurt a lot. So I'm just trying to catch you before you go as far as I went until I had to, you know, we can, we don't have to learn the hard way every time. I'm telling you, when we get this right, Acts, there's a great story in Acts. It's in Acts chapter eight. 
But Acts 8.8 says this, after they preached the gospel and people began to get it and they saw the signs, wonders, and miracles, it says, and there was great joy in the city. Telling you, great joy in the city. God right now is calling you into a shift. And it starts with a, like, like a car. You shift in your life Come with up. Jesus. And then watch how all of a sudden these signs will follow. Each and every one of you, God wants to use. God wants to use. Now, step one, shift your story. If you don't know Jesus, then the story is just you to this point. All, all you can share is, well, these are, this is my, me and mine. And, but it, the shift of Jesus stepping into your life and saying, you're mine now. You're mine now. You're forgiven. You're actually, you go out of trying to earn God's love in your own strength and your own merit and your own works because none of us can do that. None of us are as holy as God. And people get mad, like, why does God let bad things happen? God doesn't like bad things. So he's giving us an, he's giving us an out. He's saying, I'll make an exchange. I will, I will have justice upon the sins by putting it on my son yeah. on the cross so that then justice has been paid and you can come into here. And now in my love, you'll see transformation. Oh, that's that's yeah. the power of the gospel. That's the start of the story. Yeah. And so if that's, if you're in the room and you haven't had that encounter yet, I want to give you the opportunity for that. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. We do this not like out of ritual. It's just out of a respect thing. Because we're not here to expose you or try to make you feel weird, but we're here to give you an opportunity between you and God to invite Jesus in. Invite his love in, invite his forgiveness in, invite his power in. And so if that's you, if you need to get right with God today and accept the free gift of Jesus, with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, just I'm gonna look. So I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer. But I'm but this is between you and God. If you want to do that right now, just on the count of three, raise your hand real quick. Once I've seen you, put it down. One, two, three. Who needs? Anybody need to get I see your hand, thank you. I see your hand, thank you. Anyone else? Awesome. Awesome. You guys can all look up at me. You know, every time I do this, I have to fight back tears because I know. Come on. I know what an invitation to Jesus does. Yeah, yeah. I know. Everyone stand to your feet. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's not my words that are magical, but you say this from your heart. And you believe it. And watch, the signs will follow. The signs will follow. So everyone out loud, dear Jesus. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. Thank you that today, because of what you did, my sins are forgiven. And that you love me. And you want to be in my world. You have plans for my life. I believe that on this day, because of what you did, I am free 
I am loved and I am forgiven. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you from this day forward. In your name, amen. Amen. Come on. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.